Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. And Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Spectacular. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Happy Friday to everybody. We have made it once again to the end of another week. We have got a weekend with college football cracking open a new season. Bright and early tomorrow. How early? 9 a.m. Wow. Is that the game in Dublin? It is. How do we feel about cracking right. something else open? At Grab an Irish coffee. That's a little I'm right there Irish with you, Ruthless. There you go. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. That's a good excuse to do a little morning drinking tomorrow. Why not? Why not? Why I, not? I kind of like that about the West Coast or when we're in Pacific time zone. I do, too. I, I like waking up and there's either NFL or college football on TV. Mm-hmm. I think some people found find it weird, especially when they first move here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like it. It's a nice, soothing way to start the day, I think. Bones crunching, it's great. Yeah, not bad, right? Yeah, okay, cool. Then we got a Cardinal game this weekend. And uh, I don't know if you ended up watching the 49ers on Amazon last night, but it was very, bit. very enjoyable to watch. I have some thoughts. Trey Lance is overmatched. We'll get into that. Overmatched. It was weird to hear Kirk Herbstreet talking that much about pro football. And yeah. this whole trend towards uh, football going to streaming services, okay. it ain't really convenient. Well, Don't you it's miss not. flipping the channels? Yeah. You're held captive there unless you're like really, really into it and switching from you know one input to another. It, 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 it's not great. It, it, you're right, because you're right. It takes time to kind of get, get – you're right. That's a really good point. Yeah. I also thought that it was just a little bit odd the way the, the whole broadcast started. What do you mean? I, I don't know. It, it may be because I'm so used to the big game feel of the major networks when they when they present them. I, I, I think the the pairing of Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels sounded really good. But I just thought the pregame show, I don't know. I just I think they got, to, the they got up to a little wobbly start, I yeah, thought. Yeah. But that's that, that could just be, you know, opening jitters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Can I take this opportunity to build the ego of one Jarrett Carlin? <laughs> Uh, well, oh, seeing that God. I'll probably spend the next four hours tearing down the ego of Jared Carlin, sure, have at it. That's a good process. Yeah, then. you have to set a little, build it up a little bit so there's something for him to kick over. <laughs> so I'm at a, a local establishment, uh, kind of halfway participating in, in Shocking. Tri- trivia night. What? Uh, team, have you guys ever played what? team trivia, that format? Yes. Yeah. Where you, you write down your answers and then you hand them in. Yes. Well, the way they do it is at halftime, after the halftime question, they do the score rundown. So they're running down the score. And it's like, all right, in sixth place with this this with this many points is this team. And he's like, in fifth place with thirty five points. Shut up, Jared. Get out. Get out. 
And yes. it turns out one of our listeners, Andy, was there and thought he got a big kick out of uh, having that fabulous. as his, as his team, team name. name yeah. That is fabulous. Oh, no, shut up, Jared. Did not win. He noticed you there, though. That's why he did it, right? Or yeah. wasn't? I, no. he, he was sitting at the end of the bar, so I didn't actually see him first. But when I saw him, I was I was laughing <laughs> that, pretty hard. <laughs> shut up, Jared is sweeping the nation. I it think, is. I think of all our catchphrases that has caught on the most, at least recently. <laughs> we have a different. I think there's a reason for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe it's something everyone can realize. People, to. people to listening up. probably say, say that the in same their cars thing. Shut up, Jared. Office. When you start singing, shut up, Jared. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's incredible. I just thought that was really. When it's fun. time for a tiebreaker question, shut up, Jared. <laughs> no, he's just building the suspense. Yeah, that's what Very he's doing. Very Secrestian, what he does. Oh, that's I've never heard that word before. All right, so it's a Friday. Let's have some fun. Find that button and push it, Jared. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Anybody coming? Anybody coming? The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Oh, the Arizona Cardinals did have a practice on Thursday, just not with the Tennessee Titans. They held their sessions at Vanderbilt University leading up to Saturday's preseason game against Tennessee at uh, Nissan Stadium. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury says he expects newly acquired Cody uh, guard Cody Ford to see playing time on Saturday and that both cornerback Marco Wilson and linebacker Zaven Collins will be game time decisions on whether or not they'll start against the Titans. Uh, after the game, the roster cutdown process begins. Cardinals need to get down from 80 to 53 on their roster by Tuesday. Mm. Game time decisions in preseason I'm, football. I, I'm sorry. I, I hope this is just a semantical misspeaking, but there should be no game time decisions in the preseason. If there are any decisions that are big enough to come down to game time decisions, don't make them. Play or play not. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a little bit a, a silly. A little bit silly. I do expect to see both of them on the field, though, for, for some, okay. some portion of All it. Right. Rams and Bengals met in the Super Bowl last February, but I don't think it was as intense as the joint practice held between the teams in Cincinnati yesterday. Full-on melee broke out near the end of practice, one that had Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald swinging not one but two Bengals helmets and making contact with the Cincinnati player at least once. Brought back memories of Miles Garrett against uh, Mason Rudolph. Uh, but Mike Florio of uh, Pro Football Talk pointed out that there's, NFL's got no jurisdiction over those pr- practices, uh, so don't expect any league and yet, suspension. And yet, this kind of kind of throws a little wrench into the NFL's if there is an initiative, and I believe there is, to kind of grow these, these mutual practices, these kind of things. This is going to give them pause, because we've had a couple of, of big incidents. The Patriots-Panthers were one, but none Nothing compared to what went down yesterday. That was, I mean, he was swinging well, with intent. The funniest thing is, and I'm sure you've seen the video that was shot by a fan. He was swinging his helmet with intent and swinging it and swinging it. And this melee is going. It's moving. The pile is moving. All hell is breaking loose. And a referee throws a flag. <laughs> what is that going to accomplish? The referee threw a flag. Flag down on the play. Yeah, flag. Stop it, you all of you immediately. <laughs> Guys. Uh, preseason action. You owe me one night. gumball machine. <laughs> 
<laughs> Trey Lance started for the 49ers, could not get the offense going. They lost to Houston 17-zip. Kansas City beat Green Bay 17-10. D-backs start their three-game weekend series in Chicago against the White Sox at Guaranteed Rate Field. It'll be rookie Tommy Henry on the hill for the D-backs against Johnny Cueto for the Sox. First pitch 5-10. Pre-game coverage starts at 4-30 on ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD2. Speaking now, of the White Sox, yeah. did you see how they lost last I, night? I've, young Nick outside here um, is a big White Sox fan. He's from the south side like me. The White Sox, they took abs- peak absurdity last night. Peak yeah. absurdity Two last outs, night. Bottom of the ninth. Foul pop-up. <laughs> yeah. Guy botches uh-huh. the play, drops it. Uh-huh. And the next pitch? home run. And then the, the Orioles win it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the White Sox have been put through the, their fans well, have been put through the Isn't it amazing? People always say this in baseball. When, when a guy drops a foul pop-up, the next it's the next pitch is inevitably going over the fence. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what that is, absolutely. but it always seems to work out that way. Yep. Uh, Phoenix Suns released their four-game preseason schedule on Thursday. They'll start things off with a visit from the Adelaide 36ers of the National Basketball League of Australia on October 2nd. Uh, that means we're only 37 days away from some form of Suns basketball, believe it or not. They also play the Lakers at T-Mobile Arena on October 5th in Las Vegas. Uh, speaking of the Suns, Dario Saric was back on the court in Munich competing for Croatia in a 2025 FIBA pre-qualifier. It's three years away. Uh, anyway, it was against Poland. Saric put up 9.6 rebounds, 6 assists in 28 minutes. Had a new hairdo. Yeah, it looks like Don Quixote. And Cre- uh, Croatia won 72-69. <laughs> well, uh, that was, yeah, I did see that. Did you also see that uh, Nikola Jokic's Serbian team beat Giannis's Greece team with Novak Djokovic in attendance? That's like a Europe. That's like a star-studded event in Europe. Man. Well, you know, Novak's got you know some time on his hands. Mm-hmm. Indeed, he does. He's he, not playing in the U.S. Open. He's not. He does. Uh, I was going to get to that, but that's official. He can't uh, travel to the, the states because uh, he's not vaccinated. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes announced a new affiliation agreement with the Atlanta Gladiators of the ECHL beginning next season. They still have their affiliation with the Tucson Roadrunners of the American Hockey League as well. And Scotty Scheffler is a five-stroke lead over Xander Shoffley as they head into round two of the Tour Championship in Atlanta today. Due to the unique scoring system, Scheffler's number one in FedEx points going in started at 10 under par and fired a five under 65 yesterday. If he can hang on, he gets $18 million for the weekend. Did you see his uh, admission, too, about the affliction he had during the Open Championship? No. He had an infection at the top of his butt crack. He actually said, I had a little thing going on, but it's probably TMI. (laughs) And he said it was absolutely excruciating, but he got through it. That is TMI. (laughs) Kiss my butt. Mm, That's some delicious poop. (laughs) Poop fest. Poop fest. You had to go there. (laughs) I'll I'll wait, Jared. (laughs) Come on, Jared. No, I I wasn't even thinking along those lines. Mm-hmm. Our, our little boy's grown up. Oh. <laughs> He's all grown up. Shut up, yeah. Derek. Shut That's up, so Derek. delicious. Poop fest. <laughs> really a poop fest. <laughs> I pooped my pants. All right. Mm, man, this is delicious poop. Oh, God. Poop bear pants. Mm, That's some delicious poop. I love poop. I said I would wait. Poop fest. <laughs> That's some delicious poop there. That's all of them. Okay, good. Pick the poo system. 
Uh, there's your splash for Friday, August 26th. Coming up next, Cardinals still preparing for that all-important preseason finale tomorrow in Nashville. We'll get into some Cardinals notes next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. We, we want to see how the, some of these young guys close up camp. There's still some um, spots to, to be had, and um, they're going to get a great look and a, got a lot of reps and, and see how they close it out. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, yesterday from Nashville talking about what he needs to see from the final preseason game uh, against the Titans on uh, Saturday. Uh, it's all about the young guys. This preseason has been all about the young guys. Most of the veterans not even putting uniforms on at this point, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them not even there. J.J. Watt still sidelined with uh, COVID, uh, although I'm sure he's probably out of the threshold at this point. Um, so, yeah, th- really, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you want to see that. You want to see uh, some position battles maybe materialize, and you want to get out of there healthy because uh, yeah. th- this, this was a trip to Nashville that was kind of punctuated by, hey, being banged up. I, I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury really wants wants to see anything. I, I think what the Cardinals are are showing is a, a clear contempt or disdain for all of this, for these preseason games in general. I'm with, I, I went back, Bick, and I actually tried to refresh my memory because it's hard to remember the details of preseason games, but mm-hmm. just looking at the first two game books from, from last preseason, veterans played. I mean, DJ Humphreys played 25 snaps in the first two games. Calvin Beecham played yeah. six, uh, 25 snaps. Rodney Hudson played 25 snaps. On the defensive side, Devon Kennard, Marcus Golden, Byron Murphy all played in, in the in the preseason. This year, we're not seeing any this of is, it. This is why if, if Cliff Kingsbury could ever produce um, a, a consistently winning season and finish these seasons, he, he might become the, the coach that people want to play for because all football players hate training camp and they all hate hate this routine now guys who are trying to win jobs the preseason does have some value for them but what the cardinals are doing it's it's really quite something i mean they're really punting on the entire process it feels like and 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 maybe that's maybe that's a smart thing to do but i would say this they they ostensibly called off a second practice in nashville because of all the injuries they have so so what they're doing now avoiding playing the games isn't stopping their guys from getting hurt no it's not and i haven't done the research on this but the cardinals when this is all said and done tomorrow night at about 7 30 when they wrap up the preseason mm-hmm. i assume they will be one of the only teams if not the only team to go through three or four preseason games without even having a pass attempt or a snap taken by their second string quarter. isn't that unbelievable yeah that's really unbelievable yeah, so I, I think if you added up snaps taken in the preseason by all projected 22 starters, I think the Cardinals are at the top of the, or at the bottom of the list by a mile. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I, I hope I hope there's not they don't pay a price for this. And I would think that the only only place you would pay the price would be in the first couple games of the season. But we know how important it is that this team gets off to a good start. The only starters taking snaps are Marco Wilson and Zayvon Collins, who might not be starters. And that's right. Well, and that's that's kind of what we're getting at here. So I think that um yeah. So it, 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 I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury is wrong. I'm just saying that he is he is really choosing a path that's that's counterintuitive to conventional wisdom in the NFL. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. About the players that uh, Jared just mentioned, Marco Wilson, Zayvon Collins. Uh, here's Cliff Kingsbury on them. Just want to continue to get those young players playing. You know, I think the more football they can play, um, the better. And, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that tonight and see if, if that's the plan. And uh, on newly acquired guard Cody Ford. Yeah, we want to get him uh, a comfort level playing in our system and just how we operate and the tempo of things. And, and so I expect him to play a little bit tomorrow. Kingsbury also called uh, Collins and Wilson game time decisions on whether or not they'll start. Mm-hmm. Look again, semantics. I think is the word you used during the splash. Well, we brought that up. Um, it is, and again, we're just kind of. We're not attacking this strategy because no. we don't know what the what the end result is. Right. This might be genius as, as it all turns out. Well, and I, I think when when the league went and post pandemic and started the season without preseason football, I think it commanded everybody's attention because it was so veered to everybody mm-hmm. to start a season at sixty miles an hour, and and they made it look. Not easy, but they made it look smooth and seamless. How will this look, though, when you've got one team, maybe two, maybe three, who punt on the preseason that go up, goes up against teams that actually haven't, that have actually scrimmaged? Um, I, you know, Patrick Mahomes starting for the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, did you see what they did to honor Len Dawson? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was really, really cool. Like the choir uh, yeah. huddle? Yeah, yeah, the choir huddle where like all 10 other guys stand in front of the quarterback in two rows. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of Patrick, starting off on Patrick Mahomes, I saw this stat yesterday. It blew me away. Patrick Mahomes was in uniform. He took the field for that tribute to Len Dawson. Then he left the field. So he didn't actually play in the game. Um, and so this research was before yesterday's game. NFL research put this out. Patrick Mahomes has played 15 of 17 possible preseason games in his career. So now 15 of 18. These are Mahomes' stats in week one of the regular season throughout his career. 4-0, 71% completions, almost 300 yards passing, 13 touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and a 133.7 passer rating. And he's a guy who's been sharpened, you would assume, by these preseason reps, even this year. So you, you have... Uh, a real difference in preseason philosophy coming against each other in week one at the yeah. Farm Stadium. Yeah, and and even I would say that the the speed of the game in the preseason it it probably isn't a fair replication of what you're going to get in week one because week when it's for real it's different. But but what you do by getting the preseason reps, what you basically do is you get the fear off you. You get the you, you get used to the idea that you might get blown up on any given play, and it's just there there is some value to it. Uh, I'm not saying the Cardinals are wrong in what they're doing. It's just interesting that they're doubling down even further on this strategy from last year. And, and maybe last year, playing as well as they did in Nashville in Week 1, emboldened them maybe. to do this. You're, you're probably right. You know? yeah. and, and then you look at the shenanigans that went down with the Bengals and the Rams. You know, By calling off that second practice, Cliff Kingsbury very effectively, you know, both of them, I should say, they effectively prevented that from happening. So... Uh, Part of me is really glad that Cliff Kingsbury looks at the preseason the same way I do, with like, what? This is a joke. But at the same time, I'm a little bit worried of what that's going to mean when you play the Chiefs in week one. You're leaving yourself open for, hey, did you guys do enough in the preseason? If things go south in in week one and sets any kind of tone for the season, you're, you're opening yourself up for that criticism. If we had an opening week game against the Lions. It, you know, I wouldn't be tripping we, about this. We've seen that too. <laughs> we have. Yeah. But that's it, though. All it takes is one bad quarter, 
And you probably lost the game versus the Chiefs. Maybe, yeah. That's that's that is kind of the issue here. Yeah, if if you've got a, if you've got a struggle to kind of get your mojo and get your timing and, and kind of you know get all that stuff going, and and the other team is up twenty eight zip by the time it happens. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Congrats to Alan Brunston from Phoenix. He was our second winner of the brand new Phoenix Suns Nike Classic Edition jersey, celebrating the thirtieth anniversary of the ninety two ninety three team. You've got one more day uh, for your chance to win a jersey. Just text the word jersey to 620-620. That's jersey to 620-620. Coming up next, Bick called it shenanigans in Cincinnati. It was kind of scary at times, too. We'll get into the Rams, Bengals, Brawl, and Practice, and more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Friday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jared Carlin with you until 10 o'clock. To quote the great Ted Knight from our favorite movie, Caddyshack, mm-hmm. when talking about uh, Al Cervic. The man's a menace. The man's a menace. You can use that same phrase. Oh, he just... called me a baboon. He thinks I'm his wife. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I went down that road. I, I have to expect this kind of reaction. Yeah, you, 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 you know, yeah, you just fu- get me wind up you with know that. I'm fine right. with it. Yeah, I know. It's um, all good. You can apply that same phrase to Aaron Donald. The man is a menace in several ways. Let me preface this by saying Aaron Donald is, in my opinion, top two defensive player I've ever seen play the game of football. He's that good. Mm -hmm. He's also a maniac who might kill somebody someday on a football field. Go back to the playoff game in January, Bick, against the Cardinals. One-sided affair. But remember there was a skirmish? Do you remember Aaron Donald trying to choke DJ Humphreys? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Aaron Donald yesterday in a joint practice with the Cincinnati Bengals, and there was there was tempers flying all day. It was the second of, of two sessions. Uh, so they, they went back-to-back days against each other. There's a skirmish. He gets his hands on two Cincinnati Bengals helmets. Mm-hmm. One in each hand. Not while they're being worn by anybody. No, well, thank God for that. And being swung as weapons. Mm-hmm. And because the NFL does not have jurisdiction over these joint practices, which seems absolutely foolish to me, they, they should have jurisdiction over everything their their, their league members yeah, do. Right. He's not subject to any league penalty. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rams could say, "Oh, we can't have this. Uh, we're, we're going to punish you." But I think that punishment would be something like, "All right, Aaron, you've got to go to bed without having dessert tonight." Yeah, it might be something like, "All right, Aaron, we're going to come down hard. We're fining you seventy-five bucks." <laughs> Never do it again. Picking up Starbucks for everybody today. Yeah, yeah. you're getting you're, donuts you're for a week, run. right? Right. Um, I, I know Kyler Murray is thinking, please, three game suspension. There was, please, there was a lot of jokes. Please, like, two two game suspension, but the only two games were against the Cardinals. Like one in week, <laughs> one in week three. That would be excellent. Yeah. That would um, be excellent. So Ben Baby, who covers the uh, Cincinnati Bengals for ESPN, kind of set the scene and said this was bubbling up all day. You know, they had some scuffles earlier to the point where Collins got kicked out of the drill and mm. they had to separate so they're, they're, by the time they got to the event 
that everybody saw. You know, there had been a lot simmering throughout the day. Now, what's interesting, though, is that it came on a run play. It wasn't in pass protection. And from what I saw, it looked like a Rams defender kind of had Lyle Collins bear hug from behind. And, you know, he gave him a couple shoves after the play was over. And it looked like as soon as Lyle got free, he swung a couple punches. And we saw everything just kind of take off from there, started seeing some helmets flying. And, and we saw the video of Aaron holding uh, the helmets. And it was it was a lot going on. So I, I think there was a lot building up to that moment. And, you know, I think that Collins definitely had the guys under his skin throughout the day. Now, Collins also, you know, in, in all fairness, mm-hmm. Collins had a helmet in his hand as well. I didn't see the video. I couldn't see on the video close enough. There was a still picture that shows that he might have been swinging it too. Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies to him. Yeah. If you're swinging helmets, we saw Miles Garrett get an indefinite suspension for doing that on a high-profile Thursday night game. And that was one of the big stories of the 2019 season. Um just because it's practice and you don't have jurisdiction, he's going to walk away scot-free? He could have, again, what did we say after the Miles Garrett thing? He didn't make contact with Mason Rudolph, but he could, but have, he could have absolutely ruined his career and yeah, life if right, he had made contact. Right. Yeah, and so and to have one helmet in each hand the way he did, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's something that, that screams for discipline. I had no idea that the NFL had no jurisdiction over joint practices, which is kind of funny because, again, this this really seems like something the league was pushing hard this year. Mm-hmm. And who put the Bengals and the Rams together anyways? That's exactly what I was going to say. What is that? They, these two teams, they just played in a Super Bowl. The team that just beat you in the Super Bowl, yeah. now you're going to practice with yeah, them? You don't think there's trash talk going right, on? That, and you know, how asinine is and that? tension and stress. Yeah. Don't you think the NFL likes it, though? Because now we're talking about preseason practice. Practices, yeah, which normally well, we don't I, care. About. I think that's. I I don't think they like what happened with with Aaron Donald, but I do think that's. You're exactly right. The the reason they did this is is they want they want to expand this. They I swear they're going to turn this into content in the future, mm-hmm. and they're going to do it by exactly this kind of stuff. And this is the third. I think this is the third incident at these different joint practices. Oh, it's more than that. Yeah, definitely. More it than feels that. like the Cardinals Titans are the only ones that had no incident at all, and because, that's because they, they took the day, day, second yeah. day off. And and, and that's and I think I think Cliff Kingsbury knows what's up, and I think he wanted no part of any of that. Did you see what the Cardinals did that went viral yesterday? The the walk battles. No, I missed that. So it was like was fun. Kyler Murray against DeAndre Hopkins running routes, but they could only walk. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so they're trying to speed walk into speed the end walk zone. Into the yes. end zone. That's hysterical. That's Harry Douglas from ESPN Radio. More on Donald. Aaron can't be out there hitting people with helmets like that. Donkey Kong sure. people. You can't do that. You can't do that, man. You can't do that. I love I love AD as a player, but when you have incidents like this, player safety is at risk, and you can't put other players at risk because you're swinging a helmet. Listen, he's not no little dude. Right. So his swings mm-hmm. and the force of him coming down, swinging a helmet on somebody, it can really hurt somebody, especially if it would have hit somebody with the, that had their helmet off. Yeah, I wonder if the NFL can't rule on this directly if they put pressure on the Rams to say, hey, you got to do something about your guy. Mm-hmm. 
Because if they, he does that in a game, that's an indefinite suspension. But again, if the NFL is behind this and they want teams to embrace this, the last thing the league wants to do is come in and slap down something that's going to hurt a team in the regular season based on an initiative that maybe those teams didn't even want. Fair. So, so I think I don't think the NFL is going to do that. I think they're going to want this to go away as soon as possible. But this is again, this is this is this is kind of I think part of Cliff Kingsbury's thinking, and 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 maybe he had the foresight. Maybe he just knows this is bad news. You put these guys together this close to the season. It, it it's one. If this were the first week of training camp or like day nine of training camp, it, it might feel a little different. We're a little bit. We're too further. We're almost in September. Mm-hmm. And so guys are getting their guys are getting their their game faces on. That's true. Uh, last night, Vic uh, he said it on the show. He was excited to watch Houston Texans football. I was on Amazon. It was the first Amazon uh, telecast of uh, football with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. But you were excited to see what Trey Lance looked like mm-hmm. at quarterback. He did start. He played a handful of series, but really nothing to show for it. Uh, they didn't score a point in the game. They got shut out, seventeen nothing. Lance went seven of eleven for forty nine yards. Very conservative passing game. Mm-hmm. He ran the ball once for one yard, and you came away with a conclusion a little bit. Yeah, I did. I I think the 49ers are hosed. I I think that this I think last night's performance might have just fired up a return of Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. I he was that marginal. First play of the game, he almost tripped his own running back on a handoff. That's that's the sign of a guy who's not there yet. If you, if you can't even execute a handoff without getting out of your running back's way, your head's you're not ready to be the guy. You might need a little more time. 0 points at halftime. Against the Texans. Texans look good for all the jokes that they've, again, but not Davis Mills at quarter. You're not winning anything with that guy at quarterback. I think Davis Mills is actually pretty decent. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I you and Derek Hall both, right? <laughs> they don't have they don't have a ton of talent around him. Yeah. And obviously okay. they're in rebuilding mode, but I, I think he's, okay. he's serviceable. Yeah. I don't know if you're a 49ers fan, you had to come away from that game going, uh-oh, what did we just do? <laughs> Right? I mean, uh, how many draft picks they give up for that cat? A lot. Uh, Trey Lance said after the game, quote, it never feels good to lose, but we'll learn from it, turn the page. Not going to make a bigger deal out of it uh, than we need to, for sure. Some ugly stuff out there, for sure. It definitely wasn't our best night, but like I said, we're not going to make too big a deal out of it. Watch the tape tomorrow, learn from it, get better. Um, I think they're they're resigned to the fact that Trey Lance is going to be their quarterback and they're hoping for major improvement because everywhere else on that on that field, Bic, mm-hmm. they're a Super Bowl contender. They've got that much talent. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. But they've created this situation for them. They certainly too. have. But but fortunately for them, they have not traded Jimmy Garoppolo yet. They have not. So I I don't know where this thing is going. Maybe it was a bad night for Trey Lance. But but if you're ready to step in and lead a team to uh, to the postseason, you, you can't complete seven passes for forty nine or for forty nine yards against the Texans backups. That's a bad look. Uh, coming up next. Yesterday, we had Derek Hall on the show for his weekly visit, and Bick asked him about the future of Tori Lovello. We'll tell you what uh, the CEO and president of the Diamondbacks had to say on that matter and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, D-backs in Chicago take on the Chicago. White Sox. 
the pale hose, the socks. The socks. Yeah, no, that's the red socks. I can't wait to see uh, what Tony LaRusso does this weekend. <laughs> Something's got to be coming, right? <laughs> hey, how, will the so- how will the White Sox lose a game this weekend to the Diamondbacks? Uh, anyway, we had uh, Derek Hall on, the CEO and president of the Diamondbacks. We have him on uh, most Thursdays for a weekly visit. And uh, toward the tail end of the interview, that little nugget we had talked about earlier in the week, Bick, that Bob Nightingale brought up about managers on the hot seat, mm-hmm. or at least in terms of uncertain future. Uh, and Nightingale wrote that uh, the front office of the Diamondbacks had suggested to ownership, hey, Tory probably needs a contract extension. And ownership said no. Well, that would create, if true, obviously a very uncertain future for Tory Lovello mm-hmm. as the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you asked Derek Hall about that little item in Bob Nightingale's piece on USA Today, and here's how Derek Hall responded to it. I'm not sure where that came from, to be completely honest with you. Um, and, and Mike and I talk, you know, all the time about uh, about future of, of scouts, future of coaches, future of Tory. You know, I, I've said to you guys over and over, I'm a I'm a big Tory fan, and obviously Mike is too. They have that history. And Tory and his coaching staff have done a tremendous job. We made changes with the coaching staff in the offseason. I think they've proven to be impactful changes. Um, but, you know, you, you obviously at the end of this year, we're going to have a decision to make. And, you know, this is a, it, it's a tough time for this ball club because the schedule is so tough. So you don't want to say, oh, it's going to come down to this final month. That's not the case at all. I mean, we, we've enjoyed what Tory has done, especially this year. And it's a decision that we'll make at the end of the year on, on his future. But I'll tell you this, and you guys, you, you guys know this. The great thing about Tory Lovello is he doesn't care, right? He's not worrying about it. It doesn't impact anything he does. He's not insecure. He doesn't bring it up. And, and I love that he's just a total pro and goes out there and continues to do his job and, and wants this team to get better and better. And we've, we've seen those results. Now, it's certainly, I mean, it, part of that answer from Derek Hall paints a, a positive picture on Tory Lovello, right. but there wasn't really much of a, a, a resolution or, or an answer. It, it sounded exactly, what, in retrospect, like what Bob Nightingale wrote. Mm-hmm. It sounded like Derek Hall, if he were the owner of this franchise, if Mike Hazen were making this decision in a vacuum, Tory Lovello would get a contract extension before this final month of the season when the Diamondbacks probably are going to be in, take a lot of losses. It also kind of lets you know or leads you to believe that the owners had it with Tory. That he wants a new voice in the dugout. That's it. in retrospect, as I chewed on this yesterday, I, 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 I hearken back to Luis Gonzalez's comments not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? When, yes. when during his Sunday broadcast, he, he mentioned the lack of fire that he saw from certain veterans, or certain players. Around the All-Star break, if yeah. I remember correctly. Is, is that what it was? Okay. I so. and, and I think that there's been, there's been some of that. And I think there's a feeling that some of the veterans on the club might have just kind of run roughshod over Torrey. That Torrey's done a good job at reaching the younger players, but, but when you piece it all together, you, you wonder if the the owner's looking for a different kind of voice. Now, I, I was trying to get, wrap my head around, because Tory's got a certain act to, to him. You know what I mean? He's got a certain certain way of expressing himself, and sure. it's, it, 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 sometimes it comes off as, as, 
I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I, I'm having a hard time characterizing, but I know what I'm. I know what I'm trying to say. And, and like I think saccharin is that what you're getting? Yeah, at? maybe that kind of a little of that, and that's the kind of stuff that can wear thin on veterans. Sure, he's the opposite of Mr. Miserable. Which that's is what right. Called right, right exactly. So, so I think that I, I think that that's when you date back to the comments from Gonzo. It, that that might be the first time where you where where you go. Okay, maybe people inside this organization on a day to day basis are kind of all right. These guys are not listening. They're tuning them out. Yeah, but if if this is all indeed true, and I'm not saying it's not true that you know that kind of methodology as a manager can wear thin on veterans. Isn't Tori Lovello the perfect guy to move forward with? Because you're moving away from veterans. You're moving more to a youth movement with mm-hmm. a core of guys coming up together. I give Tori Lovello credit, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, he had a lot of impact on the decision that was made with Madison Bumgarner. That's a tough decision. Madison Bumgarner is healthy. He's just not pitching well. Mm-hmm. He's a proud veteran and a fiery competitor. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? We're skipping your turn. We got an extra day off this week. We want you to work out some things. I think that's a tough decision. I'm not saying Tori Lovello is, you know, immune from criticism, and I hear it all the time from fans. And it does get frustrating when you got a guy who's, you know, one day gets three or four hits or hits two home runs, the next day he's out of the lineup yeah, because, that's, of, because of matchups. Yeah, I don't like that either. But I, but I don't know if that's a Tory thing. I, I think that, that's more that, of a baseball. That thing. That might be a group analytic kind of thing. Yes. That might be a top down kind of thing. And, and you, you never still, know in baseball anymore. It's still frustrating. Oh, I totally agree with you. I think it's really counterintuitive. Well, and, and, and to that point, I don't oh. know. If, did you see Joe Madden's comments? Earlier this week, yes, Joe Madden was asked about his time with the Angels, and I'm paraphrasing, and he he basically said it wasn't even his team; it was the front office's <laughs> yep. team, and they made all the moves, and he's the guy that paid for mm-hmm. for it with his with his job, and basically the Angels are dead to him. Well, I know I saw I I couldn't believe that, and yet and yet that is a very common refrain all all over baseball that front front offices are way too involved in in dugout decisions, way too involved, but that's what but. But that's what they want to be because they think they've got the numbers now. But it the also thing seems that drives like me nuts here in Arizona that the front office and the dugout, as, at least in terms of the managers, they're they're in partnership with each definitely, other. Definitely, definitely. But but again, I, I think if if Ken Kendrick is looking for a different kind of voice, if there's something he, I, I, we we've seen from the past. Remember when 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 Ken Kendrick. Spoke out against just uh, uh, against Justin Upton way back in the day. You remember that? What a what a, what a scene that caused. <laughs> um, I, I think we saw a little of that this year from Cattell Marte. Uh, a little bit, and and it was kind of what Gonzo was speaking at. Guys, veterans, probably veterans more so than anything, that just you know aren't responding. Uh, and yet these young guys, it seems like they developed a style of play, and it seemed like they developed a certain identity as the season went on. The young guys, using speed and bunt and positional baseball, small ball, playing really good defense. And to me, I think that if you don't fire Tory Lovello after a 110th loss season last year, in which there were many games when Tory managed as if he wanted to get fired. I'll, there was a lot of, what? you What do you... And they kept him for another year. Now, he never intentionally walked anybody with two strikes. Well, there you go. He never did that. He never pulled a Larusa. So I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to end well for Tory because I have nothing but respect for Bob Nightingale. He's been doing this. A, that, that's not a false report. 
And and so I think I think there's a difference between. So the question becomes now: Can Mike Hazen and Derek Hall convince the owner that this is our guy, or is or is Ken Kendrick just putting his foot down? I've had enough, mm-hmm. seen enough. I don't know. I don't know where it's going for him. I, but I, I do know that this: timing would be very strange. Honestly. Very strange. I do know this. In in watching some of the social media polls that have been attached to Bob Nightingale's story, I don't think Diamondback fans would would handle a Tory firing very well right now. I think it would I think it would create quite a backlash for the owner, who is not exactly in good standing with this fan base, anyways. I think that's fair to say. It is fair to say, yeah. and I'll say it again. Darn it. Do it. War. Who's going to stop what me? What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just announced comedian Tom Segura is heading to Celebrity Theater for a special Netflix taping of his new world tour. Wow. Tickets go on sale today at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, there's been a feud for a while between Kevin Durant and Charles Barkley, and I think Chuck may have thrown some more uh, fuel on the fire right here on this show. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.